Well, we're just in a car on the outskirts of Sydney. We didn't do any lounge casts because we had a couple of uh, 4M and 5M starts, and 4M and 5M starts aren't good for uh, cosmological explanation, are they, Brian? Well, you know, I mean, as I describe in the live shows, time is relative, it's personal to each of us, so I don't think that 4 or 5M is a well-defined universal or cosmological concept. It is actually well-defined in a sense, in that you can define time consistently as the time measured on a freely falling clock since some event like the Big Bang, which is what we mean when we say the universe is 13.8 billion years old. But what we can know is you would not have been capable of doing that when you were all grumpy at 5am at Wellingborough Airport. Wellingborough? Wellingborough? What were we doing in Wellingborough? That was a yeah. mistake, wasn't it? it was. I don't know who's organised this tour. Well, this is, this is one, we one night in New Zealand, the other in the British Midlands. This is Wellington. Why we, this is why we didn't do a lounge cast. It took, yeah, but it, even, it was a mis, it was, Someone mistyped it on the tour itinerary. It took us 35 hours to get yeah. there and 35 hours to get back again. Yeah, we're going to do somewhere yeah. on the North Island and then somewhere near Northampton. Well, yeah. it was just the way it went, alphabetically. Yeah, right. uh, so, <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, Auckland, Wellingborough. Yeah. <laughs> I knew there's an error there. So let's start off. So we've got loads of questions that we once we didn't manage to uh, answer when we were doing uh, various different shows in uh, Brisbane and Wellington and Auckland. Uh, Bailey Brunker wanted to know, as and this has been asked a few times, as the universe expands and stretches the fabric of space, could the fabric snap, causing another big bang? Um, there are theories called the Big Rip. Um, scenario where the the cosmological constant is not a constant <laughs> so so the dark energy um, so it's the en- I suppose the energy per unit volume if you like of space increases as space expands um, we, we don't know whether we're in that scenario we, we as far as we can tell the, the the dark energy stays constant but but that we don't have particularly detailed measurements of that so it could increase a bit. And if it increases a bit, you do get a runaway expansion. And um, the sort of ultimate conclusion, we really don't understand the physics in those extreme environments, but you, you can imagine that the, the fabric of space itself gets, gets to a point where it gets... Um, I don't know if ripped apart is the right word. We don't really know. You're, t- you're talking about quantum gravity, ultimately. But you certainly... The, the, the fair thing to say is you're certainly... You can get into a regime where the, the physics that we know now, with with a nice smooth space time and all of that stuff, becomes inapplicable. So I suppose in that sense, yes. You can. I, I should say that that's not the favoured scenario at the moment. That we, it, I think, the favoured scenario is the one that we present in the live shows, which is that the the universe gets into a state where it just expands. At a, it doubles in size over a constant time scale, which is of order 20 billion years, we think. So it keeps doubling, 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 which is just this uh, exponential expansion. Now, we were just listening to Anarchy in the UK by uh, the Sex Pistols, yeah. and uh, I, well, how, as a physicist, having, you know, just from that previous answer, how do you feel about the uh, nature of uh, Anarchy in the Universe? Uh, well... If you define anarchy as the um, lack of all, the absence of all law, then anarchy is not possible in the universe because there are physical laws which are universal, and um, they, it, they might be that. So the, today we would say, what are the laws of nature? There are 
things like general relativity would be a, a physical law, or quantum theory would be a physical law. They, they might be um, emergent laws or laws that emerge from some deeper framework, but I don't think anyone um, would suggest that there is no framework. There, so, and, and quantum theory is probably that framework. Quantum theory is probably fundamental. Um, so it's understandable when, when the clash uh, did the song I Fall the Law, if that law had been the second law of thermodynamics, we can now well, see well, why undoubtedly Joe Strummer yeah, was, was not victorious in that fight. absolutely accurate. If you fight the laws of physics, the laws of physics will win. Uh, so, let's move on to another one about the Big Bang, which is uh, this is from Nicola. Is the universe expanding to make room for another Big Bang, and then we, inverted commas, just start over again? Um, the, so, no is the likely answer, although um, the great physicist and mathematician Roger Penrose um, has a, a book called Cycles of Time that's out at the moment, which details his... Um, suggestion of what may happen in the far future and he does manage in that book to construct a scenario we're going through a tunnel under the runway actually at Sydney Airport so I, I'm hoping we're under the runway and not on it <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the loud sound you hear is the sound of Rolls Royce engines um, so he manages to construct a scenario where indeed the, the, the dark energy dominated expansion in the far future uh, turns into uh, essentially seeds another big bang if you like or that the universe goes through a cycle it's what it's called cycles of time but I am um, I, I don't fully understand how that happens but it is detailed in his, in his book the cycles of time and we should say as well that the cycles of time is sometimes found in the popular science section of bookshops and if it is your first book on returning to physics since you were 15 years old I wouldn't start with no, that it's one a, it's a tricky book. <laughs> he's, he's generally he's quite a tricky it's not easy, is he, Roger no, Penrose? No, the great thing, though, I, I remember the first book I bought from Roger Penrose was uh, The Emperor's New Mind, mm. which I bought when I was... Uh, actually, before I went back to university to do physics, um, so after I'd finished being in bands and I was waiting to go back to university, and I bought it, and it was a really influential book in my thinking. I think it's a brilliant book, and it's nominally about consciousness... Um, in, in the mould, it's almost in the mould of Godel, Asher and Bark, which is another brilliant book by Douglas Hofstadter. Uh, Again, that's a book you want to take a year on. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful book, but so much of it is, uh, you, you want to just end at one page and go, I'm going to stare out the window for a while now. You do. But, but it, yeah, uh, I mean, the, that Hofstadter's book is another one that I read that, that, that was really influential. But I, I think that it's, it, it's one of the books that really, the way that I think about quantum mechanics came from that book. And it's probably just because that was the what, the first detailed book that I'd read on quantum theory. And I think it's a brilliant explanation of quantum theory. And uh, and uh, some great, you know, some of the Gödel's theorem and the uh, Turing, Turing test and Turing halting hypothesis and all that stuff is in there. And it's really brilliant. So they are great books. And the thing about Roger Penrose is he's, he is brilliant. And so even if you don't... Um, grasp or understand the full arc of what he's talking about or even if you don't agree with his uh, with it with his theory which like in the cycles of time I think most cosmologists don't agree with that but the the physical insight and the joy of mathematics is is just shines through so I think they are brilliant books even if you don't grasp the whole thing
but you need yeah you need to be able to pause and especially you know if you're not a scientist I don't think you should be if, if you start it and think oh my god this is hard I, I, I can't do popular science books that's not true you just need to be quite patient with it and realize that it will overturn some ideas that you might presume and yeah, also you introduce to... you to ideas which will take for especially for the non-physicist a while to mull over contemplate I think on. so I think the Emperor's New Mind is a popular science book that's I, yeah great. no I would agree um, I, I would say that it's undoubtedly his most approachable nearly yeah. all the others I, I've kind of hit that chapter three and go ow um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's the way he thinks though I mean for, for someone who's really experienced or even a physicist the way that he thinks geometrically about things and space time and relativity it is so elegant that it is worth the work if you, if you have a background yeah, it's, uh, oh, he is quite brilliant. Uh, Linda would like to know, what is the most disturbing astronomical fact you know? Well, I think the most disturbing know? is the, it, which we touch on in the live shows, it is the most obvious, which is the, the scale of the universe. I think it is, it, it's got, it must be disturbing. If, it's not, if it doesn't disturb you, you're not thinking, you're not considering the, what it means. I mean, the, even the scale of a galaxy, I mean, even to... You know, I mean, you always your Sagan quote. You joke about uh, billions and billions, mm. billions, and billions and billions. I never said it honestly. I said billions many times on the cut, etc. Yeah, but in fact, that's a that's a lovely his final collection, which I think was published actually after he, he died, which is just called Billions and Billions, and has some brilliant. lovely essays in it. Very beautiful. It's really essays. brilliant. And uh, I like is that the the book that um, the so there's a great section on the the problem of thinking about um, abortion and abortion yes. limits in there yeah. and there's one about they call religion and science and alliance and there's one about in the in the valley of the shadow is it called the last thing you wrote about oh and then, and then Andrean's beautiful yeah. uh, afterward where she just talks knew. about you know when it was realised that there was a brief kind of Indian summer and then the realisation of his death and yeah, his, it's, yeah it's very it's tremendously wide ranging book so I would, I'd recommend that to anyone but um, it, so a billion you know did you say if you say one billion stars, that that's incomprehensible actually. One billion stars. The fact that there are two hundred billion, or perhaps even four hundred billion, in, in the Milky Way, somewhere between two and four hundred billion, is a is is incomprehensible on its own. But when Bill uh, Bryson says in, in in his his book, which I think was a gateway for a lot of people into getting back into uh, science briefly, it's a uh, history of nearly everything. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, where he talks about how long it takes to count to a billion, mm. and then that suddenly puts it in. When it, is it thirty-two years approximately? To, if you just started counting now, I mean, let's not do that experiment because you've got one better things to do. Yeah. So that would be. A, we can do the calculation. Okay, let's do the so calculation. Be a sixty. So it'll be sixty per minute, obviously. Let's keep going. Let's do it accurately. Let's actually do it. Right, we're so gonna, we've, got, actual, we've got to count to a billion, we're going to take it approximately one second. So They're probably towards the end, uh, it's going to take more than a second, but we'll, for the time being we'll just go with it being a second. So that'll be number. you should know this, 86,400 seconds in a day. Yeah. Right. Times I count every single one of them with my existential anxiety. So it's 31,536,000 uh, seconds in a year. Says it takes 30, four days. 31 million. Right, 31 million, so five hundred thousand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 
divided by 31 million. No, I think you got that wrong. There's nothing more exciting than maths in transit. this? Is it Roger Sonny uh, Mix? It's my name. It's uh, uh, and Low, isn't it? I don't know. You're the, it's your expertise. Yeah. What? Yeah, well, okay, right, yeah. listen. <laughs> Hang on, do that again. <laughs> right. So we've got 60 seconds in a minute. Yeah. Times 60 minutes in an hour. Yeah. Times 24. Yeah. Times 365. Yeah. So that's 31 million seconds in a year. Yeah. So 31 million. So if you multiply that by 10, yeah, that's that 310 million. 10 million. Yeah. And so then you multiply it by. Th- so it's 30. Three. Yeah. So that's right. So 30. 30. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were countering that. I thought you said it was going to take us three years. And it's those kind of underestimations which can lead to a lot of wasted yeah. time in a bed sit. Um, so uh, yeah, you're right. That those numbers are. Um, so the question, uh, oh, here we go, from Ted. This is from last night in the second show in Sydney. Uh, was most of interst- it was most of Interstellar absolute bollocks? I think I know your answer to this to some extent. Oh, I'm just checking again. Oh. When the BBC sound effects department are looking for the sound effect of calculation in a tunnel, we have now, I think, mastered that. Yes. Yeah. Good. Right. So that's all been checked. So we're still we're happy with approximately thirty to thirty-two years. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, uh, And that, of course, doesn't include sleep. So really, it's your whole life. It would take pretty much. Well, it would take you to middle age yeah. if that's what you want to do and probably I don't reckon you'll be able to start in the first year I reckon even a talented child you, you're looking at 18 months before they start counting towards a billion um, this, so yeah Ted wants to know uh, was most of Interstellar absolute bollocks no. now we both watched that on a plane from Chicago to LA mm. I think it's a fantastic film and I know some people go it's one of those films people go oh it gets a little bit boring I don't think it got boring at all I think it's a no, it doesn't. really fantastic and beautiful it gets boring and if you've got a short attention span so it's I have got a short attention span and I still enjoyed the full three hours of that I think there should be more film criticism like this it is your fault take responsibility if you didn't like this film it's your fault Oh well, that, that's what I, that's how I used to start the show that I used to do, live show book club, which yeah. we deliberately created for experimentation. I used to say, now everyone here is trying out new things. It's very important that you remember that if you don't like it, then uh, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think we have to, uh, exactly. even though we live in a subjective, uh, you know, uh, kind of brain, that sometimes we're a little bit more objective than others. For instance, anyone who thinks Arrival isn't a good film, they're wrong. Yeah. They're, that's. They have that's to take responsibility for not understanding the film. They haven't put the work in. Yeah. So, so um, Interstellar. Interstellar. Kip, um, Thorne, of course, Kip Thorne, who of course just shared the Nobel, Nobel Prize, Prize for Physics. Yes, There's not many uh, screenwriters as such, if you want to call them a screenwriter <laughs> on that, who uh, also... Uh, did they get nominated for an Academy Award for that? Uh, Screenplay, I don't know. It's such but the a, point yeah. is, so, the point is that there, in, there is the answer. Right, Kip Thorne is one of the world's, if not the world experts on general relativity at the moment. And so anyone who says, I think that film is nonsense, 
is really is not thinking it through. So, so, so every bit of physics in there is um, correct, right? The, every bit of physics. So the, the bits of physics, like the, the traveling very fast away from the Earth means that you age more slowly than the people on the Earth. Going into a large gravitational field means that you age more slowly than the people on the Earth. I should be very specific, actually, because we're talking about being specific. So traveling fast away from the Earth um, and then turning around and coming back again means that when you return, you will be younger than the people on the Earth. Um, going into a large gravitational field and sitting there for a while and then coming back again means that you'll be younger than the people on the Earth. And that's all in interstellar. The bit that people object to at the end is the visualization of um, extra dimensions in the universe and uh, the suggestion that there's freedom of movement in time. Was that, did and Kip Thorne kind of question that? So I can't remember because there is one thing that Christopher Nolan it tried to stay scientifically accurate, but there was one bit where he went, This is so important to the plot, and I think it, for cinematic reasons, I'm prepared to go against the um, scientific consensus. I'm, I'm not sure about I mean, the, the way I interpreted it was that so there are there are two ways of having a consistent universe um, where so, so one is that you you don't have time travel at all full stop and that obviously is, is that in the film his conscious experience extends to him being a bit trying to influence things that happened in the past in particular trying to stop himself leaving his daughter mm. he doesn't want to do that so, so that that kind of that that's time travel. Right? It's trying to in, in influence something that happened in the past. Um, but th there is another way to make things consistent, which is to remove free will completely from the from the setup, so that so that you can't influence things that happened in the past, even if you try. That, so that, that if, you, if you like, there's a completely. You could have a completely consistent universe that will always be the same, and, and the, the time travel elements are kind of built into the consistency. And as I understand it, that's allowable if unlikely. So I, I interpret the film that uh, he didn't manage to change the, the the timeline, if you like. He didn't manage to change anything that happened. So it, so he's trying to change things failed, and uh, so I I think that's. Um, Allowable, really. And anyway, yeah. So, so I, I like that idea actually. That really you're challenging the, the idea that there's any free will in the universe. I don't think there is, to be honest. So if you go, I mean, we've talked about this before, but in things like many worlds theory, if if that was, I know that's still you know obviously hotly debated, but if that was true, then that kind of removes free will due to the fact that you're making every single you know, or every decision is made. It just happens that this one, the illusion of free will in this world, in another world, the illusion of free will where you've made a different decision. Does oh, that yeah, come I, into it? I don't it? know. I mean, I, this is tricky. Um, I don't think, I mean, if you're suggesting that quantum theory leaves some, leaves, leaves some sort of room for sort of free will, that's, that's not not right. Well, no, I'm saying it doesn't because it, it, it leaves room for an illusion of free will. But if you're making, if, if at each point of decision making, in fact, every decision is made and yeah. we split off, yeah. then that might have some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we have another, another show tune then? Uh, yeah.
Yeah, what show tune? We, well, I say another show tune. Are you tune. saying that Anarchy in the UK is it? I see it as a show tune now. I show think, tune. you know, is, uh, John Lydon is one of the great cabaret performers, surely. <laughs> That's a great film. If you've never seen that, the, uh, um, the, the film that Julian Temple made, The Filth and the Fury, you've seen that, haven't you? Where John Lydon talks about the way that he used Richard III, Laurence Olivier's Richard III, for his onstage demeanour, as well as certain musical ideas. Oh, that's a nice choice. Does that count as a show tune? That'll count as a show tune for a fade out, I'm sure. Turn it up. When you're chewing on last gristle, back rumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best. This is more of a physicist song than a biologist song, isn't it? It's always a thing. Yeah. I've always thought of Eric as a physicist. <laughs> oh, by the way, Daniel said. At the heat death of the universe, can we finally officially call time of death on a strawberry? Yes. That's good then. The strawberry will entirely be entirely uh, decomposed into radiation. By the way, as it says at the end of this recording, this recording is available in the foyer. So is the book. Oh, yes. The monkey cage. How to build a universe. Actually, I think the audio book's a bit better. Yeah, I like the audiobook. Eric, of course, is on the audiobook as well, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. That makes it a bargain. Eric doing his uh, trademark, hang on, where's the money? One of the great catchphrases. <laughs> in where's the money? Where's the money for that? Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of questions about the end of the universe. I'm not sure you are making people happier. Look, listen to Eric. The lyric that got caught from this is, uh, life is finite, enjoy it while you can. That's essentially what this means. It's like saying, it's, it's like saying, uh, I will not go and stay in one of the great ice hotels of Northern Finland because they're going to melt one day. You know, sorry. I'm not going to eat that strawberry because when I've eaten it, it'll be gone. That is the message, I think, of the whole show, of the book, of really everything that Monkey Cage has been about, is don't say no to an ice hotel. You come from nothing. Yeah. You go back to nothing. Yeah. What are you going to worry about? The Monkey Cage ice hotels will be available uh, in the Northern Hemisphere within the next probably couple of months. Hand chiseled by Robin Ince. This podcast is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network.